guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? Yeah. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here of Sunday Red. Uh, awesome interview lined up for you all. We are joined today by PGA Tour Pro Joel Damon. What an unbelievable guy. Funny interview. Before we talk about any of that, we're going to go to Kari. We're going to go to Jack. Fellas, what's going on? Jack, let's start with you, man. Not much. See, I'm I'm ready for it now. But yeah, let me let me tell you what an interview with Joel. What a guy, character in his own right. Uh, I I can apologize for calling uh, University of Washington Washington State about 42 times. Um, <laughs> but before we get into it, uh, I wanted to bring the listeners uh, up to speed on a little bet that Simo himself has lost to Kari. Uh, so I, I'm gonna let Kari fill you in on the details. But I'm really looking forward to this, guys. Um, yeah, so in this week's podcast of talking to Joel, one, by the way, uh, my my number one favorite honorary Canadian on the PGA Tour, uh, guy's a fucking legend, I, I'll just leave it at that, what a fantastic interview, uh, he mentioned the name James Lepp, and I remember uh, back as a junior golfer, I remember hearing his name as a, a, as a West Coast golfer, shot 59 was on a big break uh, I was kind of a fan of him, he had the kicker, uh, kicker golf company going out west for a little bit, um, for some reason, Simo thought James Lepp wasn't the guy making saucer passes on the big break. So we put a little wager on. Call, do you mind uh, telling our, our listeners what the wager was? Yeah, you know what? I'm really disappointed. It's one of those bets you make where you're super confident. And then when you listen <laughs> back to it, you're like, what was I talking about? Uh, so kind of like you were saying Lee West would finish second 37 times. Exactly. <laughs> Just yeah, way We up. all have it. Yeah, well, I originally watched the big break and I saw David Byrne on there. So let me just preface that where that's where it came from. But I was super confident. But why go against Kari, the number one big break fan in the entire universe? Um, but we bet we bet that uh, it was either I bet David Byrne. He bet James Lapp. Obviously, he's right. James Lapp is a saucer pass king. So now the next time I uh, I step foot in a Canadian Open, as a spectator or a part of the media, Kari and Jack get to pick my outfit, which uh, I'm really rattled about right now. But that's where we're at. And and which we're currently accepting applications for for the next year, I guess, and maybe a year and a couple <laughs> of weeks. Um, you send us your ideas. It's a, it's a never-ending contest. And uh, you guys will see the winner hopefully on air because the camera will pan over hopefully to see Mo cheering on the sidelines or maybe inside the ropes. A um, couple things I need to get out of the way before uh, we get into things with Joel. Um, did you guys happen to see the kids' uh, albatross hole-in-one, hole-in-one on the front nine scorecard on social media floating around? Um, my opinion on it, and I'll let you guys speak in a second, is I need a little bit more context as to what was happening here. I would like to know the length of the holeouts, what the course was kind of like looking like, where the cups above ground or in ground um to me that's impressive and i think uh it's worthy of some social media fame but i i would like to a little bit more backstory like i said I so my thing with my One thing with that i think it's false i i i don't know i think that's completely false 11 under par and, and nine holes eh, I, I i don't know i could be wrong i i hope not but i think that's one of those things that uh 
I, I, I can't buy it. Hole one, Albatross, Eagle, all nine holes there. I, I'm going I'm going against the grain on it. Okay. I'm taking the false stance, too. I don't believe oh. it. Unless it was on camera, I don't believe it. The kid's 12. First of all, kid's probably a great player, okay? Kid's probably a great player. Maybe he got a hole-in-one throughout the round, but two hole-in-ones and a double eagle, that's stretching it. Now, I understand if it happened. If it happened to me and I got two hole-in-ones and a double eagle, I would sit back and expect no one to believe it. So I see kind of both parties, but I don't believe it unless I've seen it. So you guys are saying you're calling a 10-year-old kid a liar on social media? That's a bold statement. Well, don't go that far, but I'm not kidding. saying he's telling I'm the just truth. Joking. I thought I was going to get more of a laugh out of that one. Um, another thing another thing I saw a cool video of the, the driver sounds through the decades. And to me, I'm a huge 1990s guy. And I also really enjoyed the 2020 sound of the driver. What was your favorite decade for driver sound? I don't know. For me, I love the my two favorite driver sounds is just listening to the old persimmon woods. I don't think you can find a better sound than that ever. Was that eight? The persimmons would be like the seven, like 50s, 60s, right? Like real old, like the wooden head with the screws in it. I didn't, okay. Right on the screws. Oh, oh yeah. That's where the term comes. You know, you got that one on the screws. And just that the sound of a properly hit golf shot with a persimmons wood is just almost unmatched. And they actually go, like my dad used to have a ton of of the woods in the bin at the golf course. I'd take them out and try to, you know, hit a few. But uh, then I, I love, for me, it's always been the sound of the 905R, so early cool. 2000s. Uh, just that, that sound to this day, I don't think it's been matched. Like Thor's hammer. I, they showed like uh, Adam Scott swinging in uh, 2010, so he wasn't using the 905R. But I would have liked them to use that sample in like 2005 when that puppy came out. There's no better sounding driver. But Simo, what, did, what decade did you like? What year did the uh, Sasquatch come out? <laughs> 2008. 2008 i'm going the 2000s baby best driver out there <laughs> oh yeah. man Swear. worst driver ever that yeah, thing's brutal um anything else to address before getting the interview i have to give a quick shout out to a buddy i i do have one more thing uh they've just announced a, a nice uh, little match between uh dj and rory versus ricky and uh wolfie what do you guys think I guess this is headline news and we just skipped over it to talk about the 905R. But it's for those that understand the topic, yeah, 905R is probably more important. But uh, Simo, what do you think about it? You know what? I was torn. When I first got it, I was like, DJ and Rory's going to just absolutely dust them off. But after thinking, some deep thinking, and I'm always an underdog guy, I'm going with Ricky and Wolfie. I think those boys are going to get in their heads and uh, throw them off their game. So I'm going Ricky and Wolfie, three and two. And and do we know the format yet? Has that been released? I'm assuming it's better ball match play. I would think I so. Like I think it's two man better ball match play. Yeah. Okay. Um, I unfortunately am not going against the grain on this one. I'm going to take Rory and DJ depending on the venue. Uh, it's Seminole. They actually, I think they named it. What a traka. I haven't had a chance to research it too much, but we we know the history. Um, I'm going to take Rory and DJ strictly on the way they drive the golf ball. I think they both struggle on the greens a little bit, but um, they'll have uh, a lot less club coming into greens. I know Wolfie pounds it and Ricky hits it long as well, but uh, I just can't see uh, the long game, long game uh, being trumped by uh, putters in that case. So I'm, I'm right with you, Rick. I'm going... DJ and Roar seven and six. 
Just a, wow. a slacking. We're throwing slacking. a wager on it right now. Uh, okay, what are uh, we going with? Because we just bet the Canadian Open outfit. I need to get back at it. Okay, well, you can't eliminate that. Like, it's not No, it's not nothing. eliminated. There's no doubt. I, I got that. We need a new okay. one. I'm going to Rory DJ 2 and 1. And I will put uh, whatever you want on it. Throw it. I you name the outfit. I the I mean you can throw one at me if you want. Wow, we're going an outfit here. Oh, wow. Well, we don't have to go. No, nope. that's outfit. it. You just said it. So what we're doing is I'm more is of a monetary if... wager guy. <laughs> no, we're we're You're doing this. A, find a pair of pants that fit Jacko's ass if he loses. <laughs> <laughs> if Ricky and Wolf win, you got. I get to pick your outfits for a social media post. And if it goes the other way and DJ and Roars win, you two get to pick my outfit for a post on Sunday Red. Does it have to be a post while you're playing around? No. Okay. Yeah, that's that's no problem whatsoever. You're going to be down two, two in the hole. Yeah. That's okay. Seven no, and six no, is a stretch. It's just like when Jacko talked about Tiger. It's just delusional. But... I, I was just saying it's a schlacking. They're, they're, Rory and DJ are going to win. The other thing I wanted to bring up, so I'm just going to read the title to the, the match here. TaylorMade Driving Relief, United Health Group. So let me, let's just, just look at this. So this match is brought to you by TaylorMade. You have DJ. He's a TaylorMade staffer. Rory, TaylorMade staffer. Matty Wolf, TaylorMade staffer. There are a million other high-profile TaylorMade staffers that they could have put in this match. My question, is this the, the coming out party, Ricky moving to TaylorMade products? Yes, well, no, maybe. He, he technically already did with a golf ball and glove. He has a TaylorMade deal. But I don't know. I, I think maybe you, you might. I think you're stuff. stretching it. I you think he's stuck with cool. Cobra and Puma because they're paying him more than anyone else would. Wow, Jacko, I really want to see you in a pair of Fritchie at cheese, and that's just a little <laughs> tease for another episode, but you're going to be wearing one of those. Huge <laughs> You look good in Fritchie Itchies, man. Let me tell you. That's my take. I think there might be a little more uh, to, to Ricky's bag soon. Uh, getting away from some of the Cobra. The Puma's there to stay because it can be clothing, just like Rory with Nike. But I think you might see a little TaylorMade Sim in the bag for him. Okay. You that's just your might. prediction. I might you throw another might. bet on that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, no, no, sorry. I, I have to say it. I, I already kind of teased it. I have to give a, a shout out to a hey, friend right. that uh, listens to our podcast the moment it drops, sends me a message every Wednesday. Um, one of my good buddies, his name's Sheldon. This guy fucking gets suspended in every second men's league hockey game in our city. He's notorious. He can't last a hockey game, like minimum, minimum three minors, yells at the ref for 10 minutes. Ref tells him, gives him a 10, comes back on the bench, continues to yell out of the game. It's it been going on for years. So, yeah, we appreciate him listening. Uh, I told him I'd shut him out, but I had to trip him out with the hockey thing. Um, that's all I have for him. Who is it? Sheldon Elvish, his name is. <laughs> I'm going to shout him out, but just Fuck not mention his name. I love it. <laughs> I said Sheldon twice in there, I think. Fair enough. There yeah. we have it, everyone. We're going to jump into the Joel interview. Hope you all enjoy. Hit that subscribe button. Sit back and uh, hope you all enjoy today's interview with Mr. Joel Damon. Mr. Hobbs, Mr. Giner is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Oh, as a lid, dilated, display a new
What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Red. Joining us today on the Sunday Red podcast is the five foot eleven, hundred and seventy six pound product out of Washington, born November eleventh, nineteen eighty seven, in Clarkston, Washington. Joel's the son of a mill worker and school teacher. In twenty eleven, Joel was diagnosed with testicular cancer, but after a successful recovery, Joel joined the McKenzie Tour in that same year. After leading the money list in 2014 with victories at the 2014 PC Financial Open and the Sing Crude Boreal Open presented by Akon, Joel graduated from the McKenzie Tour onto the Corn Ferry Tour, where in 2017 he then climbed his way onto the PGA Tour where he made history at the 2018 Zurich Classic of New Orleans with partner Denny McCarthy as the first team ever to tee off on Saturday with walk-up music at a PGA Tour event. The song <laughs> selected there was I'm Alright by Kenny Loggins. Joel's currently ranked 70th in the world and is currently 37th in the FedEx Cup rankings. Little known facts, Joel's a huge fan of ballroom dance. He flunked out of college, met his wife in a pizza line at 2 in the morning after what I'm assuming was quite a night. And is a closet yo-yo master. He is none other than Joel the Sheriff, a.k.a. Get Buckets, Damon. Joel, welcome to the pod. Wow, that is quite the introduction. That was impressive. Well done. I'm also impressed. It's also like 50% fact, which is even better. Love that. (laughs) Sprinkling a little fact, no one knows what's true, right? It was like seven truths and four lies. That was pretty good. <laughs> We've never what do you like better, the truths or the lies? I think the lies are better, way better. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little offended that it's only 5'11". I don't know where that thing is. I'm fully six foot, and I'm way over 176 pounds now. So uh, that might be a 2011 McKinsey Tour uh, have been. that we need to update. But other than we that, want to yeah, keep the schvelt on here, you know? Uh, yeah, that's more Graham Dillette size. I'm, I got a few LBs on, a couple inches of a few LBs on GD. <laughs> Love it. What's happening, Joel? What's been keeping you busy these last few weeks or now months now? Yeah, it's climbing into like quarantine day, no idea anymore. Uh, it's kind of yeah. blurring together. But uh, yeah, I've actually we've tried to follow the social distancing rules down here. I've been in Scottsdale with my wife. Um, I got a black lab who I hang out with all the time. And then... Uh, She's an incredible cook, so I've been eating all her food. I've been barbecuing a little bit, made some bacon, made some briskets. Um, and, yeah, just probably drinking a little too much, but what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> the, the PGA Tour is going to have to update everyone's profiles with height and weight now after the quarantine ends. Everyone's I think gonna... everyone's gaining 10, 15 pounds, no problem down here. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um Let's talk about the golf side of things first. And I wanted to start with uh, yourself as a junior golfer. I know uh, there was a two-time state high school champion in there. Um, other than um, your junior success in high school, was there any other tournaments like uh, state AMs or uh, U.S. Uh, junior AMs that you entered? Uh, never qualified for junior AM. Um, I say really local for junior golf. Uh, I guess I played junior worlds twice. Mostly West Coast stuff for me. So Junior Worlds a couple times. Played a couple AJGA events uh, around the West Coast. But um, we didn't have a ton of money. We had everything we ever wanted. But I wasn't, you know, flying across the country. And I I was probably right on the verge of being maybe a top 50-ish junior where, you know, I'm starting to get noticed kind of nationally where I was mostly just noticed uh, in the Northwest. And I had, I had quite a few offers, I guess, out of college on the, up and down the West Coast. But 
uh, always was going to say in the Northwest for sure for, for golf, but um, I was just kind of a natural. I played all sports growing up, though. I played basketball through high school, and um, golf was just kind of something I did in the spring and summer, And uh, but I'm, I guess I'm 5'11", 176, and there's not many D1 scholarships going to <laughs> football or basketball players at that size, so I saw the writing on the wall was definitely for golf, and uh, focused on that kind of later in high school, and um, yeah, it was it was a fun time, though. It was good. Uh, so uh, for our listeners, went to the University of Washington, played for the Huskies. How did uh, how did that commitment happen? When you said you had a couple schools looking at you, what are your what are some of the other considerations you had? Yeah, so I had, I believe I had nineteen official offers, mostly wow. West Coast. Um, none were great. I had almost every Pac-12 school, I think, but um, New Mexico State was on there. UNLV was on there. Well, that wouldn't uh, be a bad place to play, I feel. Well, I would have came out. I mean, I flunked out of UW. I can't imagine what would happen if I went to Vegas. <laughs> would have made really, it for orientation. Ex- yeah, it would have been ugly. Um, it really, it kind of happened fast. I mean, I, I grew up on the east side of Washington State by Washington. Yeah, so by Washington State University. And I went to UW in Seattle. So uh, coach came for an in-home visit, offered me a pretty good deal. I uh, liked the idea of kind of getting out of where I grew up and uh, going to the other side. And they, they were a good team as well. I mean, they were consistently top 20 in the country. And um, it just seemed like a good fit at the time. I, I was going to probably play right away, which was nice. And then, um, you know, we had a couple of Canadian beauties on there as well. James Lepp uh, was, was a legend I was kind of chasing. Yeah, so I got a, I missed him by a year, but I met him on a recruiting trip and hung out with him a little bit. And Nick Taylor was my roommate for a couple of years. Uh, we were the same recruiting class, and then Kevin Spooner, Darren Wallace, a uh, bunch of BC boys who were pretty good at golf. So it was it was a good time for sure. I didn't last probably as long as I, I would have liked, but I was uh, busy doing other things besides schoolwork. I was playing golf and having fun. Nah, I thought playing. I thought I was a pro golfer at 18. Apparently I wasn't. You were setting up for your career. That's exactly right. I just it's, I just really forecasted my, my future at a young age. Awesome. Skipper, you got one? I love it. Well, I was going to say that with Washington State, so it said that you live oh, with Nick Taylor. What? University of Washington. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Very yeah, different. Dumb. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so you live with Nick Taylor. How did you guys get, uh, you know, slated together to be roommates? Or is it kind of random or you go play around with them and say, I, you know, let's make this happen? Yeah. So freshman year, they stick us with whoever. They stick us with another athlete most of the time in the dorms. Um, so I was with a tennis guy. Uh, actually I was with another teammate of the golfer who's my buddy but Nick was with the tennis guy and then we kind of had pods area so we freshman year we didn't hang out a ton I was obviously doing Nick was very into golf very good at uh, into studying and and kind of getting settled in the states and stuff and he struggled golf his freshman year was terrible actually like never broke hardly broke 75 so we didn't travel much um was trying to get adjusted to life and that spring we started hanging out a lot more and, and having fun um, and then we're like, well, what do you want to do for a living next year? And it just worked out, uh, you know, that we decided to live together, had a two bedroom apartment our junior or sophomore year, which was a ton of fun. Uh, we had a ping pong table and a beer pong table and in 64. And then <laughs> that year, Kevin Spooner became a, was a freshman. So he came over to our place all the time. We kind of hosted everybody. It was, we were the, we were the fun apartments and, uh, it was great. Cause Nick did all things proper and I would make sure that he had a little bit of fun on the weekends just to get away from the <laughs> golf thing. So, uh, and then 
we had a good time, and then Spooner was moving out, so we added him to our, our roster the next year. So it was us, and then we added Chris. Well, I had my cousin for a little bit who was out of college, but then Chris Kilmer, <laughs> another player, moved in. So it was mostly me, Nick, and, and Spoon in there, and we had a blast and um, worked out great. I mean, we all played a bunch of N64 and uh, played a little bit of golf on the side. What was so, your favorite, so what's favorite your character? Stand, Okay, no, favorite, you go favorite character, character first. Yeah. Well, so uh, Spooner was Yoshi, uh, Spooner's Nick my boy. was Toad, and I was Princess. Um, and we did that <laughs> okay. all the way through for everything. And uh, yeah. we spent a lot of time. Uh, we spent way more time playing N64 than anything else we did, and mostly Mario Kart. Some would we, argue that Yoshi and Toad have the advantage in 150cc over Peach because she's a little bit ahead. Your character. What, how do you feel about that? Did you lose? Did you yeah. Win? So people don't know this, but you can actually go in and chop some of the Peach's hair off to make her more aerodynamic. And uh, so I, I, I gave her a little trim. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> we tried. I mean, I would say you know Yoshi and Peach are, or Yoshi and Toad are definitely the top couple. Um, mm-hmm. Peach is better than Mario or Luigi, and then the big guys are just terrible. So okay, okay. Uh, I think I think I kind of had third pick there. I was the third best, but. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I'm still Peach today. Like, I, I have it in my living room, still play it all the time. So, I'm just, oh, I'm just nice. a Peach guy now. I love so it. So, like the moral of the story, though, Joel, is Nick Taylor has all of his success to, to attribute to you and loosen him up a little bit? Well, he was. He went from uh, a struggling freshman to never make the team to, by the end of sophomore year, finished second or third at Nationals, made a run, at won the Canadian Am, I believe, that summer. Uh, quarterfinalist at the USM came back number one am in the world uh <laughs> hello and then I left their their senior year I moved back home I was out of money and out of fun and uh moved back home for a year and he wasn't number one am in the world his senior year he was close but he wasn't so I mean yeah. it's pretty direct co- correlation you can't, really, yeah. you can't argue with it yeah. you can't argue with it and then, call state state. State. Uh, exactly. that's pretty yeah that's pretty good coursey numbers right there Needs you. He needs you around and on the ice. So, Joel, after after college, when uh, w- was there ever a decision on doing something else other than golf, or was it just golf for you? Yeah, I kind of hit the kind of crossroads in my young life. I hated school. It wasn't. I was could have got by. I just was like, this isn't for me. Um, I don't know what I was gonna do. I, I moved back home, moved in with my dad. Um, and his rules where you had to give a job or be in school to live here. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> so I kind of like fake got a job at the local golf course. Um, I thought I might just be a club pro forever, just kind of join the section and cruise. And then, uh, but I was pretty good at golf. And I was like, man, I got to, I got to give this a go. Um, so I called up um, a guy I kind of knew who had a lot of money. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to play pro golf. He's like, great. What do you need? I'm like, money. He's like, okay. So he gave me some money and uh, off I went to Canadian Tour Q School. In uh, that the that? spring of 2010, and got my card, and kind of, I guess I was a pro golfer then. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was playing in tournaments and hacking it around. It did okay. I mean, I kept my card and cruised around, but I had no idea what I was doing. Living in Scottsdale, living in Arizona, hanging out, telling everybody I was a pro golfer, but acting like I just kind of did it on the side. So <laughs> it took, took a couple years. So those was early that, years on. Oh, you can go ahead. Steve. Yeah, go ahead. I was just say the guy you were talking about was that the was that the famous Uncle Bob? That's famous Uncle Bob. 
Fabiositis, yeah. Can we get a little bit of a backstory? Yeah, if that's cool. Uh, so it's really wild. I'll try to go cliff notes on it, but uh, he 2007 Washington Amateur Championship State Am. Uh, Nick and I show up for a practice round, didn't have a tea time like usual, just cruised up and happened to be paired with Bob and his son. He was caddying for his son. He's got something like 15, decent player. And he's like, oh, we're from Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, I thought you had to have a state handicap in Washington, whatever to sign up for. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I moved here, my business here for a year for income tax purposes. I'm like, okay, you have way more money. I don't know what that means. I'm 18, <laughs> 18 19. But my cousin was caddying for me who just graduated with a master's in accounting. And he's like, this guy's got a lot of money. I'm like, okay. So he cruised around with him. That practice round had a good time. Uh, and I ended up winning that week. And Bob came out and watched me in the final round, him and Brad, his son Brad. And they came out and watched me, just kind of kept in touch because he was living in Seattle. My cousin actually moved into his penthouse suite in downtown because he's only had to be there half the year. So my cousin is fresh out of college, living in a $5,000 a month penthouse wow. in downtown Seattle, working at KPMG. <laughs> and I'm dinging around in Seattle, whatever. So we kind of keep in touch and... Uh, we just kind of kept in touch with Bob through the years. He flew me out a couple times to the Sony Open Monday qualifier and just became, you know, pretty good friends. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, if I can ever help you with anything, let me know. And I was like, yeah, I guess you know me or something. So uh, <laughs> it just kind of turned into that. But it was just a, such a random chance encounter. And then I happened to play great that week. And uh, things kind of took off from there. Wow. So, Still talk to him and everything, like stay in touch, close. Yeah, like really close with him. Yep, see him all the time. He comes out to a couple tour events. Uh, he lives in Vegas full time, so I see him quite a bit there, uh, which is always fun. And yeah, he's kind of. I mean, he's became Uncle Bob to a lot of people. You know, he's helped out some some of my buddies uh, with some financial help and golf stuff, and he's caddied for me. Caddied for me in the Canadian Open in my tour debut in 2014. Uh, he's nice. caddied in Saskatoon on the Canadian tour. He's uh, He's bounced around a bit. He's caddied all of me in South America as well, and when it was a Web.com tour down there, so wow. uh, he's we stayed with him at the British Open last year. So he, he doesn't miss much. Oh, that, that's that's awesome amazing. Here. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you said you you know Uncle, it's called, I'll call him Uncle Bob, right? So he got you your start, you know, your early days in the Canadian Tour. So who are your running mates early on in in the Canadian Tour? I know it's a lot of you know you're slamming into Mindy Vans, rental cars, what you know, all that. But who are your running mates that you had? Yeah, it would kind of work out. When I, at Q School, I got through in Brooksville, Florida in spring of 10, and I met a couple guys there. Tyler Mancini was one of them. He's a guy from Winnipeg. Um, Carlos Sainz was a guy from Mississippi State. He had a buddy, Will Strickler. I've played with um, Carlos Sainz before in a Pro-Am event. Uh, have you? He was yeah, an awesome guy. Yeah, it's so he's, random he's that you just fun. said that. Yeah. yeah, so Carlos and I, we, it was me, Carlos, and Strickler who ran around a ton. And then we got to meet Brandon Harkins, who's bounced around PJ Tour, Web Tour. Uh, Mike Burke is a California guy. Sean Shaw, he's a Cali guy. Creighton Honick's a guy from Texas. And for whatever reason, we all just became, like, super close. We've been in each other's weddings. Uh, we're still, like, super close today. So it was kind of us. Um, Tony Vernon was in there a little bit, but. I kind of hung out with a lot of people, but then on the other side, I had Spooner, and I had Nick Taylor, and I had Wallace up there, I had Chris Kilmer, um, you know, and you, you get to meet some of the Canadian beauties, and uh, Joe Panzeri was another good one up there, so we had 
we kind of had a crew of eight to ten that would bounce around and we would storm the place. But the first year up there was Strickler and Sains, and we ran amok on the place. I don't even know how we played golf, but we we were at every Earl's and uh, not a bad spot. Great cactus spot. clubs and uh, what's the steakhouse? Uh, keg. The, yeah, the keg, and yeah. we would destroy. It. So between those. Uh, we were, we were, re- I don't know how we ever played golf that year, but it was incredible. <laughs> was there a favorite location, like favorite spot, like going through your time in the Canadian tour? That's like something that was memorable early on. I'm not kidding you. I had so much fun. So I played up there for five years. I had so much fun in each city. I could name you like what bar we were at, what we were doing <laughs> in each place. But that 2010, we had an incredible time in Saskatoon. Uh, wow! They had a play. They had a country bar that was pretty popular, and then they had a. Uh, I think it was called Jacks, maybe like a club called like Jacks. But we were out yeah. there pretty late one night, and uh, uh. Carlos was leading the golf tournament after Friday. After like I said, rounds. this guy's got and so much game. We were out until five or six a.m. on yeah. Friday night, and he's leading. Um, <laughs> We that was a good one. Toronto, we had a Mississauga area. We had a we had a good one there. I mean, even in Seaforth, we had a blast because we we drove over to the to the coast uh, or to the to the water, and I think yeah. there's a huge spot where all the the summer hangs out, and we party. That was incredible. Um, uh, the Sundowner is a great spot there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that that's our the Niagara location. Niagara. One day, <laughs> one day, I have to tell you guys a story about the Sundowner. Uh, I don't have time right now, but that yeah. what a spot. These well, these two guys are from Niagara. I'm from Thunder Bay. Do you have any good Thunder Bay stories or oh, no? Oh well, I yeah Thunder. Well, we, I only played there one year. Um, T five. Yeah, solid. It was it was a good golf course. It was fun. So we did that. Um, I was settled down with my lady friend then, so I wasn't quite as rowdy as the others. But there's there's still some Thunder Bay stories floating out there amongst my crew. <laughs> somewhere, um, somewhere, we're gonna have to get scenes on to tell them. Yeah, he's him and Strickler, but then we got a buddy, Sean Shaw. He was just was an incredible human and uh, really good at partying. So uh, <laughs> Ottawa is a great spot. You have that, you know, we stayed right by the Capitol or what What do you guys call it? The Parliament Hill there. The yeah. Parliament. And then around the corner, you have like the center area where you have all the bars and restaurants was a blast. And the market flats and, and the flats. The market. There you go. Exactly. Destroy that area for a while. Even Winnipeg, we had a couple good, they always had a cut party in Winnipeg that like Jonathan Taze would like host. And all of a sudden there'd be a lot wow. of people floating around there. Winnipeg so, has a great Earl's. Yeah, uh, I don't that's... know if we did much with Earl's there because Pine Ridge was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, gotcha. So, but downtown, there was another bar. We could figure out. We went to a Katy Perry concert there once in Winnipeg. It was a blast. I mean, <laughs> Calgary. How do you go wrong with Calgary? Like, Calgary's a great. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. This is why Joel Damon is an honorary <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> even we as even much had as fun he in... wants to be American. <laughs> It is even funny. We had fun in Fort Mac when we were up there as well. Beer was expensive, but uh, it was still a good time. <laughs> That's fantastic. You guys sound like a, a rock band rather than uh, well, golf. I didn't even go into Vancouver and Victoria. Victoria is awesome. The Cactus yeah. Club there in the Strathcona is through the best. And then Monday night there, they have 90s night at a bar that is just silly good. So... <laughs> Now are you are you uh, are you a bar are you a dancer when you go there? Are you more of like sitting at the bar at the end of the bar, maybe throw a couple darts? Like, what's your style? Uh, well, it's all dependent on the 
liquid level, but the 100%. the more the deeper you get into the night, I mean, I get some pretty good moves. Um, nope. No one's safe. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one's safe uh, after a couple of those. But uh, I like, yeah, I mean, I'll do anything. I can sit at the bar. I'll go play darts. I'll play pool. But I'll go dance my face off. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a chameleon. I just kind of follow the, follow the crew around. Love it. How you stay fit? You got to get it on the D floor, right? That's exactly right. You got to burn off those cows. <laughs> Canadian beer is a little heavier too, so you got to make sure you get out there. It's also way more expensive. I'll never forget the first time. Like, oh, let's grab a case of beer and bring it to the room. It's like fifty bucks for a case of beer, and I'm like, what is happening here? That's like twelve yeah. bucks American, though, with, our, <laughs> with the state of our dollar. It is now. Yeah, back when I was up there, it was like ninety-five to ninety-eight on the dollar. It was a great deal. But uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, should we? Uh, I'll try and lead back in a golf. I, Sorry. So one, that's fine. I, I enjoyed that way more than talking golf anyway. But uh, at, at Riv this year, you finished a, a top five or T5. Um, can you talk about that golf course just a little bit? And like, obviously, you figured out around the greens and, uh, and the putting. But um, for us chumps that uh, don't get to play Riv, uh, how would you describe uh, the greens there, the green complexes around the in the, in the short game areas, how difficult is it? And what made you succeed there? Yeah, it is. It's tough. Especially it's, it's even tougher when it's firm and fast. Like it was, the wind picked up and the sun was out all week and it dried it out pretty, pretty quick. I think what 10 under was one 11 under one, maybe. So yeah, like that's when, you know, but I was going to um, say, who knows? Yeah. It's, uh, it's firm and fast and that, and there's a lot of slope on those greens and they're pretty small. So you have to be on the right side of the hole, but if you're, you know, you're trying to force it into a small area, you miss the green, then you're chipping off this Takuya stuff that is like. Oh, don't worry. We're going to put on air. Yeah, exactly. They talk about it all the time. Uh, So it's, it's like a weird breed. We just don't get to see it very often. So it's a little different there, but um, just with the ball bounce, then you have the Poe. I'm a West coast guy. I grew up playing on bumpy Poe. So I love that. I love that grass. I can read them better. The speed for me is just a little, it's a little slower than normal tour greens. Um, so I feel, feel comfortable there for sure. But um, yeah, I think I just, I don't, I haven't really looked back on Riv like I probably should have because I flew to Vegas that night. So it kind of was like a quick, uh, you know, <laughs> turn around for me and just kind of forgot everything. But uh I don't know. I guess my putting stats were probably pretty good that week, but I didn't like drive it especially great. I must hit my irons okay, but um, anytime I putt well and I'm in the top half of the, you know, putting in the for the week, I'm normally kind of around that top ten mark and with a chance to win. So, um, Riv is a great golf course. It's so hard, um, especially when it gets firm and fast like it is. It's just uh, there's you have to play the angles. You have to think about where you're going instead of just bombing it down there and and uh, finding it and hitting it again. Yeah, well, we won't elaborate on Riv anymore, but, like, if you make your putts inside four feet, you're making up, like, I, I mean, Thursday and Friday, you're probably making up six shots on the field if you're, let's say, anywhere close to 90% inside that uh, inside that zone. So I just find it fascinating, and it's a course that stands out to me as a nice stop on tour. It is, See, and it's nice that it's a permanent stop as well. So we get to go yeah. there every year, and uh, this year on the West Coast, we had great weather. Instead of, it can get kind of rainy, dumpy there, and if it's wet, it plays so long. And it's not a good course for me. As soon as it firms up, it's it gets pretty fun and gets crispy. Awesome. Love it. All right, uh, Joel, we're going to move into uh, next segment here. It's a fan-favorite segment. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but it's called What's Your Handicap? Okay, so uh, we're going to play that a little music. 
Kari's okay. going to give a little background into the segment, and then we'll roll into it. What's your handicap? And I think we're at we're on a prime contestant here because uh, you you have been a pro golfer for a long time. We mentioned I think uh, 2011, if I'm not mistaken, going through the Canadian Tour, uh, a little bit on the Corn Ferry Tour, and now on the PGA Tour. So I know you've played a lot of good pro ams. You have you you have a lot of buddies all over North America that uh, that you've seen play golf and have certain habits. But uh, this is a segment where we mention something. Let's say it's on the first tee. You notice something about the golfer, and before you see him make a swing before you see him play a golf hole you're like okay this guy's probably a 24 handicap like this is a dead giveaway so we will go in rotation uh we see mo gibber myself we'll go through uh two each um on what's your handicap you have to say their handicap or worse or i guess higher um and at the end if you can think of one outside of a ball retriever iron head covers and what's the other one towel in the back pocket uh yeah. you can ask us that because that's a that seems to be a repeat offender on on all levels on this so simo want to kick us <laughs> off with uh your first what's your handicap all right we're kicking it off here so get up to the first tee you, you take a little peek over at the guy's bag and he's got a nice little clip on ta- clip on towel on there but not just any clip on towel it's like the one side's got like the logoed in golf course that he's in and the other side's like for when your hands get sweaty what's that guy's handicap <laughs> We actually call them strap-ons. <laughs> they're strap-on towels. They're strap-ons. Have you ever uh, seen? He's got to be a bogey golfer. Like, there's no way he's better than an 18 handicap. I'm going uh, like 20, solid 20 handicap for that. Nice, awesome. love it. Gibber. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm on deck here. So we, you get to the first tee. You got Buddy rolls his sleeves up a bit if he's wearing a coat. Takes a massive uh, bottle of sunscreen, puts it in his hand, lubes it, lubes up. <laughs> but doesn't rub it all the way in, then proceeds to go grab his club right to the tee. <laughs> that guy has no idea. He like me think he's ever played golf before because he can't hold on to the damn golf club. <laughs> it's like his wife handed him this thing, like, don't come back sunburned, like, and don't drink too many beers today. So, I mean, that guy's that guy's a 36 handicap. <laughs> that guy has no idea. He's, he can't even hold on to the golf club at that point. Uh-huh. If okay, this is a side note. We could cut this, but if you ever play with like Matt Kuchar and he doesn't uh, rub his sunscreen all the way beside his ears, can you go up to him and just just rub, rub it, it in for him? him? <laughs> yeah, that, I think like there's a couple guys that are just notorious there's... for. I think Brad Snedeker never gets it in there. His caddy needs yeah. to look at him, especially when he's in contention. Just be like, hey, don't worry, I got you. Just like a little towel on the face or something. The the problem is some of this new fancy sunscreen that everybody's talking about and trying to use, it has like extra zinc in it or something. They say that stuff is a good one. And that one never rubs in. So uh, it's, I think it may, they, they maybe attempt to, and it just doesn't work with this new special stuff. I just use whatever's in the locker room. That's when you know that you're, you're a pretty good golfer. When you get it, use it in the locker room, free, and then you wash your hands before you go outside, and then Huge. you're dialed in. Yeah, that's that nobody's almost... putting it on on course. You're probably not very good. That's an <laughs> auto 12 off the handicap if someone that puts it in the locker room and then goes out there. I, I think. That's fair. Okay, <clears throat> next one. Uh, your partner in the pro am uh, comes over to you and said, Hey, can I try one of your clubs? 
that means that they're actually probably like a five or six handicap, but they think they're like a zero and they think they're way better. Uh, so you had that probably, I, I don't know. I don't think I've had that happen. Um, most of the time, if somebody like grabs it, they go, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't, don't, don't touch that!" And they like freak out, and I'm like, "No, I'm just kidding. You can, you can look at it." So <laughs> I always like, like a lot of times they're in the programs, they're like scared to like do anything wrong, so they're scared to touch your clubs, they're scared to like do anything. I'm like, guys, you can't break them. Like they're fine. I, I beat them against the ground like a hundred times a day. Like you cannot, you're not gonna hurt them. So it is. Just it is don't funny use to, my driver and tee it up high. The, exactly. Yeah, hit my driver, tee it up low. See <laughs> more. See a few swings. All right. <laughs> yeah. Next one we got up here is uh, this guy. I like to call this guy Mister Usually. Okay. So at, during the round, he's always he flares one to the right. He's like, ah, you know, what? I usually hit the fairway there, or I usually always make those putts. I want to know that guy's handicap. Oh, that is so true. Oh, I usually I play better than this. Usually, <laughs> yeah, I I know what you're talking about there. Uh, he's actually not bad. He's probably like a 12 to 15 handicap so he maybe does actually have some tendencies but he's never quite as good as he thinks he thinks he's like breaks 80 consistently but he really shoots like 84 85 reverse like sandbagger <laughs> yeah. you gotta love the reverse baggers yeah right, I, got, I got another one for you here you said you spent a little time working in the shop of a golf course so buddy calls into the shop complaining about his cart being dead but when you roll out there to try to tow the cart in you realize it was just stuck in neutral Oh, are you a uh, carter outside of tour events? Do you cart or walk? I I get paid to walk. I don't. I'm never walking outside of a tour <laughs> event ever, <laughs> ever. If I show up and we have to walk, I don't play. Okay, uh, noted for when we play. Love cars because then the car can hold your beers and it can hold your music and it can hold all the yes. other stuff. That's why it's cars not necessarily because you're lazy. It's because you have extra things that are more fun. Okay, sorry. Go back to that. What's the handicap? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I so I I jumped in there. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, because I was just thinking of the time that I did it when I like not too long ago. Uh, so, uh, plus seven and up. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe we're not used to that maybe maybe it's mostly good players because uh, uh we don't hit the, that's really funny because yeah i did that like a month ago that's um, a trick. i abandoned the, i abandoned the cart for like a whole guy came out flipped it on and then came and picked me up so uh, <laughs> i had to walk for a hole that was fun uh i'm gonna go with like like a plus six pj tour player that's who that is nice. I, <laughs> I love it, love it. I, yeah that's perfect all right uh last one and i don't know if you've experienced this but it, it, in canada it's prevalent so maybe uh when they hit it close to the previously cut hole location that's filled in they say oh it would have been a good shot yesterday yeah that's uh that's like a that's like a five or six handicap because they do consistently hit it on the greens and they're like not oh. bad players uh nice approach and yeah, they, I, that's the, my caddy's bad about that. He always is like, oh, look, this is, your, this is where the pin is tomorrow. You should try that one. Uh, Shut up and give me the number. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's like a solid three or four handicap, maybe five handicap. Beauty, right. I love that. Right. I like it. Okay, that wraps it up for What's Your Handicap? Uh, that's Joel, a great thanks. segment, guys. I've done some different segments on different pods, and that one's pretty good. I like that one. Okay, <laughs> and now, now do you have, yeah, do you have one for us? Sorry. Uh, 
I was uh your your uh whatever your your hole away. Let's say you know one goes out, two comes back. You're on two from a hundred yards away. You can hear this guy's bag rattling with all the bag tags from every course he's ever played. It is like there's forty seven on there, and it sounds like Santa Claus is coming with all the bag tags on there. What's that guy's handicap? You wow. can go in. I know that guy. <laughs> you painted the picture perfectly in my mind because yeah. there's some setups that do the one two back to the clubhouse just in case you didn't grab enough beers. You don't know what kind of day it is That's when you true. tee off, right? Yep. So, to me, this is this comes down to the bag style. So, we talked about the strap on towels, we've talked about the, the iron head covers and stuff, but this to me, auto 15 plus. Um, you. I don't know why he has that many tags because usually you just put your home club with your uh, your your club storage number on there. But right. this is this is a guy that just doesn't understand the the convenience of hauling just like a, a regular standard golf bag around. Um, like I said, auto fifteen plus for me on this one. Absolutely, yeah, I'm with so, you. Well, and the other thing that with that bag, the the, the shoulder straps are so long and they hang down <laughs> by his butt. So his butt hits it every time. It makes it even louder and more jingly. Simo, <laughs> what's your handicap on that one? You know what? I was re- I originally thought 12. I'm like, the guy, I've seen some guys walk around with the low bag. I will say the guy's probably a beauty. I will say that I may <laughs> want to play golf with him every once in a while. Not all the time, but every once in a while. But I do think he gets all those little, all those little bag tags from all the scramble events he plays. So that's why I'm going. Oh, he's a 12. Yeah. He's like kind of like scramble. a middle of the player. Yeah, that's it. He's a B or C player. That's uh, that's fair. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna go a whole different route with this one. I'm I'm really glad you brought this up. And one of our really really good buddies. In addition to all of the bag tapes, but not from scramble terms, from all like decent amateur tournaments he's played in. In addition to these, he also carries the yardage book from every golf course he's ever played in his entire oh, life. Man. It's a fucking nightmare, man. Let me tell you. We were trying <laughs> to find it. Oh, never mind. That's How a... big is his golf bag? Uh, like, a the golf, bag? golf bag is bigger than him. The golf bag might oh. weigh 105 pounds. He might be 98 pounds soaking wet in water. So this is none other than one of our good buddies, Brett Mitchell. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a ping hoofer, but the fucking zipper seams are busted out because it's so yeah. stuffed with like old sandwiches and like yardage books and tags. I'm like, this is and, he's one of the and, one of the better amateur players in Ontario. Poor, yeah, he's he's in the top twenty in uh, right. the Canadian or uh, Canadian Ontario mid am rank. He's probably I'd he say he can actually play golf. Oh, oh yeah, that's classic. Stripes it around. Let's say plus one. Wow. For and I changed oh, it. Oh wow. So the one piece I want to add for you today, Joel, something we haven't done before. These two aren't even expecting it. You just looking at the three of us right now. What are our handicaps? Ooh, I like that. This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a golf shirt. It says Ryder Cup on it. Just that makes yeah, that takes you look three like, off. You look like a hockey player, like a little bit of an athlete. You're probably like uh you're like a five who sends it, uh, but doesn't always find <laughs> oh. it. You're like a five handicap who absolutely sends it. Love it. And uh, not a great putter though. Uh, Ooh, I would argue with on that one. Okay. <laughs> I, I, All right. I don't drive it accurately. Just stuff. quiet. Let him speak. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> uh. Let's see. I mean, probably like a. I mean, kind of dorky. Like, uh, <laughs> you talking about like, <laughs> You talking about Jack? <laughs> like, he's a, he's a guy who tries really hard, and he like follows the rules really well. It takes every drop perfect, and makes sure every stroke's counted. So he's uh, taps in all the three footers. It's like a solid like. Uh, 
feeling it's 12. Twelve to thirteen. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. I love the description. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sum this up perfectly at the end. See more the very bottom with the CHC hat on. Oh, uh, well, I don't like. You look like you could be athletic as well. Uh, I think that you, uh, you, you play often. You look like you're kind of with the, the you play like three times a week with the boys, and. Uh, uh, I mean, you're probably pretty good. I got you pegged at like a two or three. Uh, Take it. <laughs> maybe maybe a little better. Uh, can shoot in the 60s, never shoots over 80. Uh, just a good guy to have around. Just sell a guy, crush your six to eight beers, and play a little music. I will be taking that clip, clipping it, putting on social. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to do a quick recap. You just I'm a, to a T. That I'm is absolutely a quick <laughs> recap here, and, and I'll, I'll start off by saying you're probably bang on accurate with me. If I around four to five handicap, maybe maybe sneaking a three there. Um, I drive it horribly, putt it really well. That's my kind of game. Jack uh, has beat some of your coworkers. He won the Ontario Junior Championship uh, a couple years oh, ago. That you call the nerd. He can play. He uh, <laughs> his club head speed when we were playing university golf together at Brock uh, was registered at one twenty six point five. So he can oh. absolutely rip it. Simo uh, has has had a putt for fifty nine. Uh, he unfortunately three putted it. Uh, shot sixty one in the course record uh, at Penn Lakes. He can also really play. Yeah, what are you plus one or plus two, Simo? Givers uh, uh, round scratch plus one. Who knows? I don't know. That's but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> what year did you win the Ontario Junior? I went uh, 2010 as actually uh, at Corey's home track. So uh, that's my claim to fame. Oh. We, told, well, did he was he a junior now? He was in yeah, college then, probably. Oh no, he finished behind Jack. His, yeah, oh, that's first awesome. Year, yeah, yeah. On We're, his podcast, yeah. We got rained the last day. Got rained out. We and he was like probably six back at Jackal. We asked him what are the yeah, chances. Come on, give me the credit. Seven that back he, that he'd come back <laughs> on the final round, and he said one hundred percent. I would have oh, caught Jack. That's classic. So we had a little bit of fun with it, but Jackal, nice little addition to that, and uh, and yeah, Joel. Like I was bang on. That made me well, laugh. I've, I've, been, I've been saving it because, you know, obviously this is the first time we, we've ever uh, met Joel or talked to Joel. The other guys, uh, we, we they kind of knew who we were. And, I don't know uh, why. Uh, grew up playing against them, and they just roasted us. But then I figured I'd just throw it in for you, and I thought it was hilarious. I'll give you a really shot good. Out, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm by far the shittiest one, but I, I own it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to accept it. Um Oh, okay. that's great. I actually have uh, our. Ne- I don't know if this is a segment or not. I was supposed to play this with music, but I couldn't find the right song, so we just kept going, rolling with it. It's uh, it's our speed round of questions. It's called Quick Nine. So it's nine quick questions. I mean, you can answer them as slowly or as quickly as you want. <laughs> uh, most of them are one, um, but uh, here we go. We'll rifle them off. Uh, favorite city to visit on tour, non-golf related. New Orleans. Okay, perfect. Favorite movie? Tin Cup. Oh, nice choice. Uh, Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Tinder or Bumble? <laughs> I never had either one. Um, Tinder, they, I think, was the most popular one. If they existed on the McKenzie Tour at that time, I'm sure you would have had it. Uh, who do you play uh, practice rounds with on tour? Uh, I don't play practice rounds. Uh... <laughs> I play with Nick sometimes. I used to play with Harkins. I don't even know who I played. Ryan Moore, maybe? Because they have the same. Oh, our brothers oh, are agents. Nice. What a resume uh, on that guy. 
I loved Ryan Moore. Uh, yeah. Commercial or private? Commercial. <laughs> that was based off a tweet. I had a little bit of background information on that. Uh, most impressive on the range. Sam Burns is a name that no one expects, but like wow. Rory is still the best. Okay, yeah. And, I like the Sam Burns answer. That's one that I've never heard of. Like, okay. Like oh, sorry. rips it. Yeah, that, I, I didn't know that. Um, did you ever get your dishwasher fixed? No. So lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so lazy. I had a part two to that, but I thought I expected you to answer yes. <laughs> just, uh, so never mind. Well, uh, and the last one of the day, uh, Cameron Smith or Patrick Reed? Oh, Cam Smith all day. Ah, oh, perfect. I love that. How's Cameron Smith as a guy? Have you met him? Great guy. He's a beauty. Oh, he's, uh, he's fun to be around. His cat is a great guy as well. So oh, Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really glad to hear I brought a smile to my face. Yes. Seymour, like which it. direction do you want to take this in here? You know what? I did hear a story of you qualifying for U.S. Open, and you may have been a little sauced up at the time. A, is it true? B, if it is true, we want a little background on it. I did have a couple beers before the playoff for the U.S. Open qualifier. Nice. Not enough to get sauce, but I was, uh, so it was this last year, uh, we're, it's the Monday after Memorial, so we're in Columbus, Ohio somewhere. We played, uh, first morning round, I played at, like, kind of the Muni, I shouldn't say Muni, it's like a nice country club, but it's not, the next one we played Scioto Country Club, okay. so, and that one's unbelievable. And I knew, I was like five or six in the morning and probably needed like one or two in the afternoon. I knew I was like right there. And uh, Scioto is pretty difficult, but I was like six holes to play. And I was pretty nervous because I really wanted, like Pebble Beach is my favorite place on earth, mm -hmm. uh, golf-wise. And I haven't played a U.S. Open before, and I just so badly wanted it. Like wanted it too bad. Um, so I'm cruising, and I'm like, got five holes to play, and they have like an online leaderboard, so I'm going to look. I'm like, so I look. And I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have looked. <laughs> so I'm two in I'm two inside the number and I just got a par in. I know par in is good. I could probably make one bogey come in, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, immediately bogey the next hole. Oh. Uh, then I hit in a bunker. Uh, well, I don't I bogey I think I bogey fourteen and sixteen. And uh, it was just crumbling under the pressure. Seventeen, I made a hell of an up and down, and then eighteen on my K. I probably have to birdie to get into a playoff. I knew I need birdie to get me a spot, but I thought maybe par would get in a playoff type of thing. And I great drive, stuff the next one. It lands right next to the hole. I thought I was going to have tap in. It rolls over the back of the green. So I have this chip, like one you're going to make often if you're ever going to make a chip. And I hoop it and I putter chip or whatever, chip raise, walk it in, the thing horseshoes out. Oh, so I'm like, oh no! So, I just wanted it so bad. So I missed, signed my card, and then the host, the other course was the host course. So we have to drive like 50. The guys like, hey, you're probably gonna play off, or you'll be close. So drive back. So we drive back, 15 minutes, and then we still have like probably 45 minutes to an hour before we play off. And I'm thinking, the guys like, all right, every spot is taken. You guys are playing playoff for first alternate. Is basically what that was settled. Now it's just how many guys are gonna be in that first alternate spot. So I'm like, well, I'm I'm devastated. I'm pissed. I'm tired. Just played 36. Like, I don't really want to play more golf for an alternate spot. It's lame. So <laughs> go grab a couple of beers with my caddy. Um, Kevin Tway's in there. He had qualified, I believe, or he was in the play. We were having a couple of beers. 
and I wasn't thinking anything. And all of a sudden, like 10 minutes before the playoff, I'm in two or three beers. And the guy's like, hey, you guys know, like, first alternate is almost guaranteed in. Like, this is the number one site, and we reserve spots. And I'm like, piqued my interest a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Maybe I'll hit a couple of balls. So I hit a couple of balls, <laughs> drinking a beer. And uh, one of the other guys, he's like, you can't, you can't drink before this playoff. Like, this is, I'm like, well. Just a, so, some nerd. Yeah, it was something like jackal. Did he look like Jack? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, fine, whatever. And it wasn't like, obviously, wasn't drunk yet, but I was on my way, and I was like, okay. So first hole, there's eleven guys for one spot. I didn't know it was eleven. Eleven guys for one spot. We're thinking, and the first hole is like three fifty, dead straight, little driver chip or hybrid wedge, whatever you want. I'm playing with like Cam Champ, Kevin Tway, like guys who bomb the golf ball. Like they're gonna hit it by the green. I'm like. Whatever. I, I'm in the last group. They all duck hooked it. No one made a birdie in the first eight guys. Wow. So I have a, I have a threesome. It's me, Kyle Jones, and, and Peter Melnotti, maybe. And Melnotti hitting the shit. I hit it in the fairway. Jones in the fairway. And I'm like, holy shit. It's just down to me and this other guy. He goes first. He hits it to a foot. I'm like, shit. So I hit a good shot, and it spins off to 25 feet. And I'm like, this is I make it or not. And I buried it. Wow. I was like, so I was pretty pumped. Go to the next hole. I hit it off some trees, banking around into the fairway. He's in the fairway. I hit it in the bunker. He hits it on the green. I I hit a good bunker shot. He three putts. And then all of a sudden, I got my wow. spot in the US Open. Wow. And then I had a zillion beers that night. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who had more, you or Gino? I crushed him. I think that oh, he did stay with me that night, actually. But I definitely won that, that game. Yeah, I normally win that game against him. <laughs> while we're on the, the subject uh your your caddy gino seems to be quite the character uh the one thing i wanted to mention at the start you, you said uh you know you're crushing some bacon uh could you beat him in the six-piece challenge Ooh, i forgot he did that yeah that's from dale valley does that it's uh, Avery Ansker's caddy i have not tried that um my homemade bacon's really thick like pork belly so it's probably not uh probably not doable but I'm certainly willing to crush six pieces of bacon. Do you have to do it in a minute? Is that the, the goal? Yeah, it's like I think crispy, it's... so it gets dry. It's like a saltine cracker in the end. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful on how long you cook. I'm it certainly willing to eat six pieces of bacon anytime. But uh, <laughs> Gino will win in any eating competition, and I'll win in any drinking competition. Oh, oh, I like it. I like it. Who's a who's a sneaky guy on tour that can keep up with you, or that maybe you can't keep up with? And you can't uh, say you stumped him. He's not talking <laughs> about driving distance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's some like Sam Burns is Ken Sendo. Oh, um, nice. uh, Tom Lovelady, who's kind of corn free, who's rookie there. He can get after it. Um, Colton Ose is obviously a top tenor in the world. Pat Perez can probably win a lot of games. Yeah. Um, Jason Kokrak can do a really good job. Oh, he's, he's he looks like surprise. He, he he's looks a big like fella. A good job, yeah. Uh, yeah, Andres Gonzalez is a corn fairy guy who's yeah. really, really good. Mark Hubbard, Mark Hubbard might be, might win. Hubbard <laughs> might beat me actually. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm willing to participate, uh, but I'm probably I'm top ten. But uh, I think Hubbard might take the cake for someone no one really knows. Wow, he's pretty I- good. I like that. Yeah, that is, you know what? Does Gonzalez still have the the handlebars? He was rocking. Oh yeah, a he's bit. got the hair and the handlebars. I think that's for life. 
Yeah, because you when you become that recognizable through that look, I mean, you yeah. kind of have half to man, it. half amazing. Like, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> roll with it. So, so to, to add to that a bit more, so Zurich Classic, obviously, you have to pick a partner. What if the PGA Tour makes in? It's a beer a hole. Who's your partner? Brandon Harkins. Still the same. You played with day. him already, right? I played with him last year. Yeah. He's a good buddy of mine. He lives just down the road here. We spend um, quite a bit of time together. So he's. We actually play a game here. Um, we played recently. We had our first major championship of the year uh, a couple weeks ago. It's called Auto Two Down Shotguns. So okay. we fun. played two on two on two. Uh, switch the format every six holes. You can make up whatever format you want. You rotate making up the format. But if you get two down in the match, or if you lose one hole by two strokes, shotgun. And you're playing against both teams. So all of a sudden, if you lose two down to one hole, you know, if you're two down to the other team, you lose by two to the other guys, then all of a sudden that's two shotguns before your next T-ball. Oh. <laughs> the kicker, we did this with White Claws. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know yeah. if I could shot a white shotgun a white claw. Well, I, I'm not, I am not a very good shotgunner, but I can get them down. And uh, but I'm not going to land any any speed records. But then, then we played 36 holes doing this. <laughs> Jeez, then I can't even do the math. We were tied through 36, and we went had to go to 37th hole when a guy made like a 30 footer. So it wasn't we were trying to. Wasn't like the U.S. No, it was, I was not. Uh, I was we were out of shape by then, but we'll say by we we tried to do the math. There was between eighty and ninety white claws consumed uh, between the six of us. Oh man, I couldn't do <laughs> not bad. I, I used to think I could keep up. That's I can't do that. I, I it was a it. it was a special day. It was uh, it was one for the books for sure. And we're trying to figure out when major number two is going to come. <laughs> that is a major like championship. <laughs> yeah, can, you gotta we, let us know. We we want to come down and film. I, I want to take a peek. Oh, it's that. an absolute show. It's incredible. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, we talked about Brandon Harkins. I just wanted to to ask, other than living close to him, how did that relationship happen? With because he's a Californian guy, isn't he? Yeah. So he moved down to Scottsdale 2011. Uh, I was already down here, and then we met through the Canadian tour. Uh, okay. He was up there traveling around, and he had we had some mutual friends uh and then we practiced all the time at the same golf course here at gpc champions at the time and we just messed around see each other and then one night we we're like why maybe they're like girlfriends or wives should meet and uh i guess they we're both girlfriends at the time mm. and we went out to a bar and had a blast and they like hit it off immediately and then they so we'd travel all summer and they would basically like live together over the summer because we're oh. on the road traveling together so Came close, like after. So my wife was in their wedding in 2015, um, and so yeah, that was a quick relationship for them, and they've been besties ever since. And so it makes it really easy for Brandon and I to hang out because we're hang out almost every day. So for those of you that don't know Harkins, uh, he's on the Corn Ferry Tour right now, correct? Correct. His numbers look unbelievable. Like uh, Joel, not a knock of you, but his, like his numbers as far as ball striking, it's right up there with any sort of PGA Tour player. And he's uh, and you're top fiving on the PGA Tour. He's just as impressive with uh, with how he hits the golf ball. I almost never beat him when we play together. Um, yeah. he's when he gets back out there. I think he's 11th on that money list early in that year. But uh, his rookie year, he had like five or six top five, top tens out of his first like 12 events or something. He played great. Uh, slowed down a little bit on the back end, and then he struggled his second year out there. But the guy is a flusher. He hits it long, hits it straight. He's a great putter as well. So when he gets back out on tour, I think you'll see some uh, some damage done by him. I mean, 
I always say he's a better golfer than I am. I just kind of figure out how to get in the hole a little bit quicker. Uh, but once he figures that out, um, I think he's he's good enough to be top 50 in the world for sure. Wow, uh, that's awesome. I also noticed yeah. you guys came out to, uh, in the Zurich, you came out to Baby Shark by Pink, Pink Fong? Pink Fong or I don't something even like that? know who it was by. Yeah, okay. Baby Shark kind of was taking over the world last year. Yeah, so if going into this year, this is like one of the things we ask on the podcast all the time. Uh, what's your entrance music? Let's say you have to change the song because I don't think you'd go back with that one. Um, Probably not. Sort of put you on the spot, but this is uh, this is one of our things. We need some entrance music for you. Well, we thought about, we're, we're both big country fans. Um, we'd do something like Garth Brooks calling Baton Rouge would be fun. It's a Louisiana thing or uh, another Louisiana Saturday night, I think is one. We'd try to do something with the theme down there country-wise. Um, do you guys know who Wheeler Walker is? I do not, know. No. That's one for off the, off the pod. Check out Wheeler Walker and Willie Walker Jr. Yep. And uh, you'll enjoy some of their stuff. You will die laughing. Uh, it's probably not quite suitable for the first tier of the tour event, but you'll, uh, it's something we listen to quite often. <laughs> okay. maybe, maybe good enough for Instagram, though. Uh, yeah. It'll be close. It'll be close. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I love it. All right, uh, Joel, we're going to move into uh, our fan segment here. So we went on Instagram. I know you saw it. We asked the fans. Uh, we're just going to pick like four. So I'm going to go on the Instagram account so here. Did you check actually the first get four. anybody to answer your question? You know what we do? We have four lined up. All right. We have four lined up. All right. So uh, first one, when can we expect the Muzzy back? Yeah, that comes and goes a little bit. It's a... Uh... I had it for five or six weeks. I started in Florida. Obviously got canceled. We had it for like another three or four weeks here. So uh, it's probably maybe a playoff stash. You guys do playoff beers for hockey yep. in Canada. Uh, I'm going playoff stash. Uh, so I guess that's August sometime. I love it. Yeah. All right. Perfect. The next two questions are, uh, well, they're, they're coming at you a little bit. So I'm just going to let you, I'm going to let you go mm-hmm. on this one. First one, why the terrible bucket hat? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I get some flack for maybe it's not the most fashion thing. I'm certainly not a fashion icon out there. But uh, if we're going to be in the sun for 30-plus years, you know, six hours a week or six hours six hours a day for six days a week, whatever it is, uh, you know, you don't want to be looking like Tom Kite on the neck or anything like that. You don't want to be that leathery <laughs> nastiness. So That's a, uh, bad, that's a bad neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, sunscreen and bucket hat keeps the sun off you as well. It's also raising money for MD Anderson Cancer Centers. So uh, anyone who wants to tell me how bad my bucket hat is, I'll just ask them how much money they've raised for cancer. So exactly. I'll just suck it. And I'm sure if that guy could have your game, he'd be shaving his head, he'd be lubing it up, and we'd be hot gluing it to his head, and he'd have it on forever. (laughs) Absolutely. That's probably true as well. 100%. I do get some funny comments out there, like, with the mustache, it's like a zookeeper, uh, you know, I got a beekeeper, we get some, my wife hears some random funny things out there when I got the, when the mustache and the bucket going. Tiger King does a feature on you. Yeah, Joel Exotic. That's pretty good. The next one's a bucket hat comment too. I'm just gonna skip over it. We're going. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of asked this one, but favorite stop, maybe like favorite. I'll I'll change this up for the guy. Favorite course you played on the McKenzie Tour. Oh, um, that's a hard one. There were quite a few good ones. I mean, uh. Uplands in Victoria is really good. It's just a pure, tight, small golf course, which is fun. Um, 
Cape Breton, the Cabot, the yeah. Cape Breton we played on the side of a ski hill. I wouldn't say it's a good golf course, but it'd be fun to play because your travel par fours, some really big hill change, you know, some elevation changes are kind of fun. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going on a list of good golf courses, but it's kind of fun. Uh, I always enjoyed Pine Ridge uh, in Winnipeg. That place is so hard. It's a Donald Ross, old Donald Ross, I think. And uh, that was kind of fun. I mean, Saskatoon was good, too. It was big links, wide open. If we didn't have the mosquitoes, it'd be just fine out there. <laughs> you get eaten alive out there. I've played Pine Ridge, too. You get just torn apart by you black get, flies. Yeah, oh. if you're especially down in that back, down in a lower spot where it's uh, it gets a little, it's it's rough. I mean, remember pulling up to Saskatoon, hop out of the car. In the morning, we try to be first off for a practice round, and you could see a swarm of skeeters coming after you. <laughs> like 50 to 100 of them, and there's nothing you can do. You just try to bundle up and Eat spray, it. coat yourself in spray, and it still wouldn't really help. Oh, just I a pure it, battle of attrition to see who yes. can not let it bother them. It's hard Especially to pull if there's, It is. Well, we sometimes you get off to a lot of wind out there on the prairies, and sometimes if it's still and calm, it is a rough, rough day for the bugs. Oh, yeah. All right, last one here. Uh, we asked this one on, on everyone. Um, how many beer or last for the fan questions? How many how many beers on a Saturday with the boys are you putting back in eighteen holes? Let let me just say they're Bud Lights. How many Bud Lights are you going through? Uh, I if we're playing for enough money that I try a little bit, I try to keep it to a six pack. I do a beer every three holes. Uh, nice number. No problem cruising to nine. Nine's pretty pretty easy go for me. Um, <laughs> once you start crossing that 10, 11, 12, you got to step on the pedal on a couple holes. But uh, those par threes get come come quick. But uh, you know, if there's some weights on the par fives, you can you can get them down pretty easy. So I'm I'm a six to nine guy. Um, also, depending on what's afterwards. If I gotta go to dinner, then we're probably gonna chill a little bit. Yeah, if that's my if that's my show for the day. We can get after it. If it's a two, like two, it. two challenge, then, then it's green light. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have, you have no choice. So uh, on your the 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 two for two challenge uh, that you guys played, you know, you talked about how many how many you guys were putting back. What part of the game went south the fastest? I couldn't hit a wedge for the life of me. Like we did a decent drive down there, and I would just be I was knifing wedges 130 yards from 80 yards. Like couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't figure out where the bottom was at all. Had no idea. And, uh, I know I bumped a couple of five irons from like 80 yards towards the end just to keep nice. them forward and cruising. Uh, I drive the ball okay. I lose distance though. Some guys get the, like the like the drunk power. I lose I lose a little yardage. So um, tough to tough to control the wedge numbers for me. That's not not really, bad at putting though. I can control yeah, putting. Really different answer. Like you, everyone has their own. Uh, their own weird niches and stuff like that. The hearing the driving distance come down a little bit is, is surprising to me, but it is, for me, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rare. Once I get to the guy. breaking point, it's like, you know, get to a par three and I got like a five or a six iron in my hand. There's like a 95% chance. It's a chunk or a shank. That's every par three, Gibber. Yeah. <laughs> you hit it just left. What do you mean? <laughs> Okay, uh, Simo, I'm jumping in here. We're going with some wrench talk. So this yeah. is our equipment segment. We'll make it really quick uh, or as quick as possible, depending on how long you want to make it. I know you're a PXG guy. Um, super stroke grips on all the clubs, which I found rather interesting. How do you um, know this? I'll just, pardon me? How do you know this? Kari's a wrench talk guy. I'm an equipment guy. Okay. Big time. 
Okay. Um, so I want to run through the bag uh, fairly quick, uh, fairly quickly here, just so our listeners uh, know what we're talking about. Ping G400 LST, that's the previous model before uh, 410, uh, Kirokagi XT shaft, PXG 0341X Gen 231. We're going to skip over the hybrid because that's one question I want to ask you big time. Irons, he's got the uh, Gen 2, I think, uh, the previous model, uh, PXG Irons, um, X100 Tour issue. Um, three wedges, 50, 56, 60, and then a PXG putter. The first thing I want to ask you about is that legendary hybrid you currently have in your bag. That thing looks like it's been through a meat grinder. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, talk about what's your handicap if I rolled up to the tee and I saw any player with that hybrid in the bag, I'd be like, oh, my God. What's going on there? And uh, one, uh, I think it's unbelievable bag style. He's got, uh, just to let you guys know, he's got a ping answer hybrid in the bag. The sweet spot doesn't have any grooves left on it. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> it's, it's completely flat. It's like a hybrid from, oh, I'm guessing seven years ago now, stock ping shaft in it. Let's hear about yeah. it. Oh, uh, that's really funny. I mean, you actually know more about my clubs than I do. Uh, <laughs> that's impressive. I uh, I just kind of play whatever works. I've had the same shaft in my iron since 2000, well, since high school. So whatever that is, 2004 or five for me. Um, I don't switch clubs. I obviously, with some that I like, uh, I roll with them. But that, that, that fancy pink hybrid's been spray painted a couple times on top as well. Uh, <laughs> it's been through. I didn't have a head cover on it for a while, so it, it looked bad. But uh I was I got this this magic club in uh, I believe it was the summer of 2012 in Canada. We were playing uh, like Kingston area, just outside of Kingston's uh, kind of yeah. on the uh, it's on the way. It's maybe like a half hour outside of Kingston. I think we played somewhere, and uh, I don't know why, but the the ping demo guy was there, and I was whacking the balls. I'm like, oh, this club's awesome! Like, I want this. And he's like, well, you can't have it. Like, you have to pay for it or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm on ping staff down here in the States. And he's like, well, it's totally different. I, like, had to call the ping guys down here. They had to call his guys to, like, because they had to send him. They had to replace his whatever. I don't know. It was kind of a process. But he's like, oh, well, you want this shaft? And I go, no, I want this exact club. Like, I'm taking this club right now. <laughs> like, I was hitting fine. it too good. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, that stock shaft. So it's, it's I don't know. It's measured at like 5.25 on this stiffness level. And like my irons are like 6.0s or 6.5s and everything else I have. Yeah. So it's like a senior regular flex probably on there. And for whatever reason, it goes exactly how far it needs to go in the same direction every time. It's incredible. That, um, I saw that. And thing I just can't life. replace it. Boom. It, it, as long as that stays in the bag, uh, you'll you'll have forever one of my favorite bags on tour because there's not yeah, too many of those dinosaurs it's left dented uh, also like where it wears like on the like on the bag you know like where the the, the dividers on the bag are it's yeah. dented because it's been worn there for so long like traveling and stuff and there's weight on there so um <laughs> it's a little flatter it's, uh, <laughs> it is, your it's crazy oh that's uh, awesome uh two more equipment questions uh the head sure. covers i saw the the arnold palmer api bucket hat on them and they have the 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 bucket hat brigade uh explain those quickly if you can or even you yeah. have an animal head cover on there as well yeah it's uh <clears throat> this guy from uh in florida uh august head cover he's named it after his son august but uh they're they're really nice leather handmade stuff and he I don't even know how we got started. He kind of hit me up on Instagram maybe a year ago and started making me some some cool head covers. And uh, he did the special edition for the Arnold Palmer this year at Bay Hill, uh, you know, with his with the famous umbrella colors on there. And he put them on my bucket hat. 
And then the Bucket Hat Brigade thing, it just kind of took off as far as, I guess, my fans. Uh, all seven of them out there wear Bucket Hats. So, oh, ten now. Uh, hey, we added three more. We'll have to get you guys some Bucket Hats you can rock, too. Love it. Uh, so that just kind of a thing. And it's, I, know, I guess we hashtag it on some social media every now and then. But, um, yeah, and then the, and the, the dog is Murphy. He's, uh, I've had him on there about a year, but he's, he's my dude. Uh, so I got a, it was like a $15, it wasn't anything special, it was like a $15 purchase, I think I was cruising by somewhere, I'm like, oh, that's Murphy, I'll just grab that, so, uh, I switch had, I'll switch those API ones back to some other different kind of things here and there, well, there'll be different things throughout the year, and normally I, I try to auction off the other ones, so, um, awesome. but it's kind of fun. Yeah, they look good. Nice. Uh, last, last one for as far as the wrench talk goes, what kind of golf ball are you playing? I have the, uh, Pro, 2017 Pro V. Oh, nice. Um, I like that you said I the don't year. Know. Yeah, because a lot of people, I guess they came out with a 19 one, but I didn't really notice a difference, um, so I don't switch if I don't have to. And I'd really probably play whatever they put in my locker. Um, so. <laughs> so you may not <laughs> so they know put in my locker. 2017 one or not. If they switched out on me, I don't think I'd know. <laughs> so, I think they're all basically the same, but they all work pretty well. Excellent. I love it. All right, uh, so we, we talked about, you know, during the What's Your Handicap segment, the strap-on towel. Um, we recently have seen, I don't know if you've seen this, Joel, but we recently saw Webb Simpson with a club cleaner clipped on his belt. Did you see that or no? I don't know if I saw it. I think I saw everybody talking about it, but it was it was just when he was, like, practicing, right? Yeah, he had shorts on at home club, but he had the, cl- oh, okay. he had the club cleaner. So it's actually so, kind of nice. If you're going to hit a bunch of wedges, you just pull the thing out. <laughs> Get it real quick, and then you're good to go. But uh, have I you done personally, it? obviously, I don't have one. No, oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't practice enough, and the T works just fine for me when I do. I don't <laughs> like it. So my question of it was: Is what's the goofiest you've seen thing you've seen throughout the years, like going through McKenzie and obviously Corn Ferry and PGA Tour, whether it be like a, a training aid or someone something someone's had on their belt, some someone something someone has sported through the years. I mean, I wish, you know, like Club Pro guy is kind of like the perfect guy for like the sandals and the and the, and the <laughs> shot counter with the beads on there is all pretty good. I haven't, you know, when you get to pro golf, everyone's really worried what they look like and they try to look professional and, and try to be all cool in that sense. So it's probably, it's tough to think of one, but you, rainy days, I still can't get over like the, like the pocket in the back, like hanging off the back towel or like the one where they actually loop it through the belt loop and it's just kind of dangling there like. I like guess what like my dad did growing up, so I just can't take anybody seriously who does that. <laughs> that's a, nice, that's like a tough look, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, that's a tough look. And I guess if you can go out and shoot 65 and do that, then all the more power to you. But uh, it's like showing up like to like an open gym or something or like with all full out super nice gear and then you like suck terrible. Like that just doesn't work either. You're either uh, if you're gonna look down you gotta play with the great. gloves. Yeah. No, one, yeah. I think he's talking about <laughs> basketball. If I could be wrong. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, we're talking about the hooping originally. You you Canadians don't play hoops. Hey, no, (laughs) some of us got the joke or the reference. Sorry, Uh, this is my uh, this is my last one, and I always I always look forward to this or curious about it. Who's the funniest guy on the range, or who likes uh, playing the practical jokes with the guys? Is there any anyone common denominator behind all the the mischief that happens on tour? There's a lot of inside stuff going on all the time, but um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's like every 
when if you're out there long enough, you get to know a lot of guys who are just kind of seem around locker rooms, and there's a lot of shindigs going on. Um, nothing crazy, but there's I think I feel like Colt Nose was always into stuff when he's out there on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then a lot of those top guys get into the fun stuff that you kind of see outside of between like JT and Ricky and Spieth. Sometimes they'll they'll be doing kind of funny jokes on each other, but a lot of that's in the locker room or what they do behind the scenes. Um, you mean you don't 20... have to put it on social media? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> if it if it's not on social media, did it actually doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah. It's like I was working out this morning uh, with my wife, and she didn't have her Apple Watch on. So she's like, "I don't. Does this count as a workout?" I'm like, "Oh, who's gonna know? The Apple Watch is not gonna know." So <laughs> it's just like the same thing. It's like stats. if you fly on a private jet and you don't put it on your social media, did you actually fly? It's the other question. It's like yeah. so ridiculous. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah there's it's it's pretty fun to get you get to know a lot of guys and you get to know um i don't know just there's always something funny going on somewhere on the range or um yeah. but they're no like one, no one specific no one that'll mess no. with your like little game plate or anything on the on the range no someone screwed up my I'm trying to think of who that was they wrote something funny on my like parking spot but yeah. like nothing's stuck out in the last couple of years, I feel like it's mm-hmm. everything happens off course when you're intoxicated, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to anyone on the range before they get there and turn all their clubs upside down. Well, that one's fun because there's club storage, right? So I'll grab Nick's or if somebody's got, <laughs> you'll see um, the old trick with the hoofer bags used to be, you know, they have the zipper on like the long, the inside pocket. Yeah. So you would stick their driver upside down and through that pocket and then they would be a pain in the ass to get it out that one's a fun one to <laughs> yeah. or you can stuff a bunch of stuff a caddies will be putting heavy stuff or like we we walked like eight holes in a practice round one time with like 50 range balls in the belly of our bag <laughs> wow. another caddy another caddy did it to gino which is kind of funny um <laughs> you know just a sack of balls stick it right in the belly and he's like why is this so heavy and i'm like i don't know like you clean out the bag like i don't have any extra clubs in here um <laughs> So a lot of that stuff is kind of funny. Um, hilarious. That is a little bit back and forth. It's always you're always trying to oh, or a banana cool. stuffing a banana in a bag that maybe you're gonna forget about type of a thing. Oh yeah, I, I got my. That I do that to myself. <laughs> a little while back last summer, I got my cousin. I put a smear enough ice in his bag. He didn't see it for like oh geez like a month and a half he, he texts me a picture afterwards and he uses like a video of him pulling his club though because it exploded <laughs> it's just it's oh sticky crit. mess everywhere <laughs> yeah. oops oh that's pretty funny <laughs> oh, that's that one's good yeah i think well charlie hoffman hadn't pulled out his bag out for like five or six weeks i think he opened it up on instagram and luckily he didn't have any bananas or anything too crazy in there but uh i can certainly see how that can happen He's he's one of our favorites on here. First round leader of the Masters 2020. Uh, that was a game auto bet. Yeah, auto <laughs> bet. yeah. <laughs> that's the quickest money you can make. Well, uh, you went to you attended, and I believe this to me the PGA Tour's uh, social media legend right now. And uh, Max Homo with the swing analysis and stuff, and he's doing the podcast. He's doing a great job uh, bringing new fans to the game of golf. Sure. Uh, you, you attended his wedding, correct? And and what was that I like? Was you there. one good wedding story? Or how was the dance moves for uh, Max? Yeah, pretty solid. I mean, we were obviously there. There was, I wouldn't say star-studded list, but there were some people there that were uh, that were having a good time. Uh, the best part was normally 
Like, you kind of partied so hard at the wedding. I think it's, we had to be there about 4. So, by the time we left, it was like 10 o'clock. And, uh, you know, you're in, feeling pretty good by that time. That's a long time. Yeah. Well, he wasn't, you know, Old Town Scottsdale is famous for, for its bars and stuff. Well, we showed up, whatever, went home and changed real quick, actually. Put on some normal clothes and ran oh. out of Old Town. And we had another 25, 30 people out there. Two different tables of bottle service until 2 a.m. after the wedding. So oh, I don't know if uh, I'd be able to make it. Everybody's involved there. Uh, Scoby, uh, um, Ricky Ballard's caddy, he's a good dude. He's a, he's a great partier. Um, we had a couple guys from the tour that were a blast. Mm-hmm. And Max and Max was doing really good too. Um, he was <laughs> he was fun that night. Yeah. So uh, Amanda Balionis actually uh, was her officiant for the wedding. Uh, oh, really? She did cool. a great job of that, obviously. Yeah. And. Uh, no, that was uh, exactly. So yeah. we had a blast doing that, uh, and just kind of going out with you know a lot of guys you haven't seen in a while. Colton Nose is always on point. Uh, he's he's really good at partying as well. Uh, yeah, I actually random story. I've played with uh, when uh, Colton Nose won. I think he won the public links in the USAM in the same year. This yep. it, it, this is just that kind of an open comment. Um, his caddy those that year that he won both of them, I played with him in, on, on a random round in Texas. I got paired up with him and he was oh. telling me some, uh, Colton Nose stories. And that guy seems like one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Never mind, just in the golf, uh, hemisphere. He, so. He's an absolute beauty. Uh, he's true to himself. Uh, he's, he's really good at having fun and, yeah. uh, you know, that part's, he's, he's fun to be around for sure. That's awesome to hear. Give her last one or Simo last one here. Yeah, I, I got one for you, Joel. So you, uh, I know you've played with Tiger. You ended up playing with him back-to-back days. So just walk us through, you know, the Friday night and the Saturday night. You know, how different was the sleep Friday night and into the round on Saturday and then the same thing into Sunday? I mean, 50% facts are good. That's good. Uh, I only played with him one day. I only played with him Saturday. Oh, I thought it was the Sunday. Guys. I thought it was the Sunday too. Okay. What happened on Sunday was uh, maybe that Sun King drop happened on Sunday. Oh, uh, that's the sheriff talk. nickname right there. <laughs> yeah, we were going to talk about the, the Sun nickname. King thing a little it bit. Was, but... uh, so I had Tiger Saturday, and then probably the biggest moment of my professional life came the next day, which is really weird to think about. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was wild. Back. I mean, playing with Tiger, like I didn't sleep well. You know, it was like I had the lead in the final round of a major, like didn't have, and I was that nervous. Like I was as nervous as I've ever been just playing with him and being around that many fans. So I actually held my own. I played well. I think I shot 69 to his 68. Um, so it was close. Uh, played played solid. I think we ended up finishing top 20 that week. So um, there were some positives out of there for sure. But yeah, that next day was an adventure as well. Can, can we quickly talk about the next day like if you yeah. whatever you want to elaborate on you can elaborate on because uh Gio yeah, the PGA Tour last year has been uh has been interesting certainly it's certainly people have been more open about it i guess and talking more open about it but for me it was just too anybody who's played there would know it's the 10th old tpc avenel uh just outside dc uh he went for a par five and two ball started left there's hazard all down the left side and as I, as soon as he got up there, you realize there's no way it caught. It was close, but the physics of the way the ground was and the way that his ball flew, there's just no way that it, it could have crossed. And so, um, you know, that's a really tough thing to do is call out a guy. He's 100%. like, hey, I think I, dropped, I think I crossed here. It's one of the hardest things to do because, you know, you don't ever want to be the bad guy. But um, I guess it was, it was just so 
clear to me that this ball did not cross the hazard. Otherwise, because he'd have to drop all the way back almost where he played from because the yeah, hazard starts right in front of him. So yeah. it'd be about a 230-yard difference. But it was just too too clear for me, too blatant. Um, and I just believed in it too much. And so I kind of stood my ground. And it was 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, we actually had Ben Crane and Ryan Palmer play through us because uh, it was wow. taking so long. And Crane played through you guys? That's <laughs> right. That's a, that's a pretty good joke on, the, on tour. So it just, oh, someone's already said my joke? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, we were also like, I don't know, like fifth or sixth to the last group. Like, we were playing oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he ended up finishing T3. So, um, but it was just like, you know, we're on a holding up, like, the, you know, the, the final round, the, 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 the big pairings, but all – didn't really matter at that time we were just trying to i was just trying to make sure that everything was done correctly and fairly and protecting the field as we say you got to protect the field so uh that's my job as his you know scoring competitor i guess and um yeah just it turned into it really was wasn't anything like yelling screaming i just kept saying no you're not dropping up here and came down when the rules officials finally came over he's like well what's the deal like his ball crossed back there he thinks it crossed here he goes well we can't like make him do something. Like if he wants to drop up here, then he can drop up here. So wow. the rules of golf kind of failed me in that spot. Like in that sense, like if you want to, you can basically drop wherever you want, which no is really That's... dumb. And the, so, um, so what's the point kinda... of the integrity? What's the point of uh, protecting the field at that point? I'm just a little right. bit. Like... Yeah. just, there was no, I had nothing backing me up. Like, and there was no real help. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird thing because you would think that, you know, but the rules official didn't see it. And like, it's my word against his word. And when it comes down to it, the, the player gets to decide what he wants to do. So he dropped closer to the green, he got up and down, and then he ended up making a couple birdies coming in and finished third. And um, he moved on to the British Open and locked up his career card that year. Did uh, And he's a great player. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's very good at golf. 100%. Yeah. Was but, it ever, yeah, like, apparently did, when you, did you guys ever squash it? Or is there still... Well, put it this way. I never talked to him before that day, and I haven't talked to him since either. Like, Fair it enough. wasn't um, yeah. not some, like, whether we bumped into each other or not, like, we would not never say a word to each other prior, and we're certainly not saying anything now. Um, yeah. Um, That's cool. Oh, yeah, we just yeah. don't run in the same circles. Or, but when you when you do tweet that, that word cheat, um, it goes viral, apparently. And I didn't think about that. I was just so mad about the situation. I told everybody I could in locker room, and... Um, had a couple of beers and tweeted it out, and now the world knows, which I think is yeah. probably fair. I think I think bringing I exposure to it, it's the right way to do it anyway, yeah. whether, whether that's your intention or not. Like, right. uh, then people have, I mean, everyone has an opinion now. It's like, including yeah, us. Yeah, there's, there's enough facts out there. There's still all the tweets are out there. They can still run through it. Uh, yeah. They can dive, make their own, they can make their own conclusion. But uh, I've, I've never had so many people thank me for standing up uh, for the game of golf and the integrity of it. And, uh, I had a couple major champions the next week saying, "Hey, good job. It's hard to do what you did." So, oh, um, awesome. That's that's awesome. the yeah. That's I certainly result. feel okay about it. Yeah, I love uh, it. I haven't thought about it twice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I slept right. my the, the next two weeks were my best two weeks in tour. I finished T five at Greenbrier. The next week was T two at uh, John Deere. So I slept just fine. Yeah, <laughs> golfing gods and karma are on your side. I Seriously. Love it. I love it. Well, uh, there we have it. Joel, last last question. Well, obviously, when the PGA Tour starts back up, we like to make our picks here on uh, on the podcast. We take them really seriously. So we want some inside <laughs> overly, knowledge, overly okay? Serious. 
We, we want some inside. I take them seriously. So we want some inside knowledge. Uh, I'm so say, bad at this. Say a major champion. Uh, you're going to be good at this one. Say a major championship rolls around. Um, you tee it out. Which one should we be putting you on our card? I can always compete at the uh, Open Championship at the British Open. Um, oh, because yeah. you can play it on the ground. Uh, it's windy. I play well in the wind. Uh, you don't have to like bomb and gouge it. You got to like think your way around there. I think that can be one where I can play well. <laughs> Plus, you've it. dialed in those eighty-yard five irons on that <laughs> See? two challenge. It, <laughs> it's all it is, preparation, baby. It's good for something, right? <laughs> I mean, it's gonna pay off one of these days. It's uh, also a great answer too. We got we got uh, another year just to hold our breath on that one. Yeah, yeah and I'm already qualified <laughs> for next year, so you guys you be dialed in by then. There we go. Uh, All right, Joel, man. Thank you so much for taking time out and uh, on the podcast here with us. Yeah. Thank you guys. You guys are a ton of fun. Hopefully uh, you guys get some more good guests and uh, can take this thing higher, better. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. I I gotta go take a piss. Joel, thank you so much for uh, coming online. I will be rooting for you. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. Uh, we'll unbelievable we'll announce. be the bucket hat parade <laughs> there you if, go if you plan on playing on the 3m in uh mini i will come down there i'll be wearing a bucket hat i'll be solo because these chumps live in southern ontario but that's just five hours south for me i'll uh hopefully see you there maybe all right yeah well let's uh let's try playing i think as if now i'm playing there so if it all okay. goes according to plan so come yeah. on down we'll we'll hook you up with some tickets and some fun and uh maybe even a hat We'll get these chumps out to the Canadian Open whenever we play up there again. 100%, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Take it easy, Joel. Awesome. See you guys. Appreciate it, Thanks, Joel. And there you have it, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, hit that subscribe button. Share this out with a friend who you feel like would enjoy today's episode. Go on iTunes. Leave that review. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, keep swinging. Of a girl in Louisiana Though I'm out on the highway My thoughts are still with her Such a strange combination Of a woman and a child Such a strange situation Stopping every hundred miles Calling Baton Rouge A replay of last night's events Roll through my mind Except a scene or two erased by sweet red wine And I see a truck stop sign ahead so I change lanes I need a cup of coffee and a couple dollars change Calling Madden Roots Operator, won't you put me on through? Gotta send my love down to Baton Rouge Hurry up, won't you put it on the line? Gotta talk to the girl just one more time
to send my love down to Baton Rouge Hurry up, won't you put her on the line Gotta talk to the girl just one more time